Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, let's talk about the pressure on the diaspora jury. We certainly are feeling it in nowhere near to the extent that uh, our brothers and sisters, of course, in Israel are feeling with feeling the situation and enduring the, uh, the unspeakable horror. Rabbi Dov Lipman is the former minister of Knesset. He's a founder and CEO of Yad Le'olim. A very, very good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Good morning, Bokato from Israel. Uh, very hard time, a very challenging time, uh, but thank God we're doing okay. All right. So the, 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 it, I don't think we fully dealt with the horror of what went on on October the 7th. And that information still seems to be, uh, coming out sometimes a little bit, uh, slower. Sometimes, uh, we, we, we are washed by it. How is Israel dealing with the magnitude of the horror? I think that everyone, and I include myself in this, we're sort of putting it in the back of our heads. It's just too much. It's too much to be able to process, to be able to even begin to comprehend. You know, yesterday we had a horrible funeral here. We're sitting in front of us, our five coffins of a beautiful family that was just waking up on a Shabbat morning, on a holiday morning. And we even have, we have some details mm. about what they experienced mm. before mm. they were killed, murdered brutally. Um, it's impossible for us to really understand it. And therefore we've kind of shifted into a mode of war functioning. Uh, let's get people buried as soon as possible, but there is going to be a time for sure where all of us will take a step back and each one of us in our own way will have to deal with that trauma and, and psychological uh, damage that, that we've all experiencing because of what happened. Mm, yeah, somebody said to me in a call a few days ago that I'm not the same person that I was a week ago. And and I think that it, to a larger or greater ex- or smaller extent, is true of all Jews around the world uh, because we are a different nation today as who we were 10 days ago. That That's definitely true. And I, w- I want to take that from two levels if I can. The first level is, and I can certainly speak for people in Israel, there was always a feeling here of what we call bitachon ishi, personal security. Our kids roam around. People leave their doors mm. unlocked. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the thought of, of monsters terrorists coming into our homes uh, was never anything that anybody ever thought about. And there was also a certain trust in the system, a trust in the technology that we all had on different levels. That has been shattered completely. I can tell you in Yadla Olim, the number of people that are asking for help to get guns, to get personal ammunition, it's now time for me to take care of myself and my family. That's very high. And I have to imagine that Jews around the world are feeling it also as we start hearing about threats to Jewish institutions and communities as well. But there's a flip side to it also. The outpouring of love and support and giving and desire to be involved. That's also been a transformation. You know, we were on the brink of pulling ourselves apart at the seams as a people. I mean, I was in South Africa. Not I, know, so long ago, I know. You and, and I had this and, conversation. We spoke about... And, uh, and if somebody, 
It's, 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 it's exactly. bizarre. It's, we might as well tear that conversation up because whether you daven, whether you pray with a separation, a mechitza separation or not, what, is, what a silly discussion. It is out the window. Nobody is thinking about it. I can tell you I was at the Knesset this week, both for the opening session and yesterday. My goodness, the difference in the feeling. I used to walk into that building and my stomach would be in knots right away. You felt the tension everywhere. Now it was love. It was camaraderie. It was calm. It was subdued. Um, and to the credit of the leadership, and especially, I mean, I'll mention Yair Lapid mentioned this in his Knesset speech. Let's try to make sure that we hold on to that after the effort. And I believe it will happen. I, I believe so, it will too. happen because, because this has shown us that all the things that we debate about and fight about, they're important and we should have those discussions. But when it's all said and done, we are one nation yeah. against a horrific enemy and we have to stay together and help each other and be that one entity. And that has certainly been an amazing turnabout as well. Yeah, I was actually saying to Harry, my producer earlier, I think that the enemies of the Jewish people underestimate, uh, they underestimate us when they think that our conflict is weakness. It changes in a second and, uh, and that completely disappears. Here in South Africa, of course, we're dealing, as in many countries around the world, uh, we, we deal with certain hostility from certain elements of our government, certain elements of the press. Uh, it's, it's, it's a time that shows us who our friends are and who they unfortunately are not. And uh, there's no way to make somebody feel a loss for a dead Jewish baby if you don't feel it. Uh, I think that is something that is very hard for diaspora jury right now. Any any thoughts on that? Absolutely. I, I, I really feel that this is a moment where we can really distinguish between light and dark, good and evil. You know, it, it, it's easy for me as a as a as a rabbi, as a male, as a Jew in Israel to talk about this, but you have to hear the voices of Palestinian leaders, the moderate voices, uh, who are saying this has set back our cause 75 years, literally. Um, the, the, the world now can see the face of this so-called freedom fighters. And by the way, when I was visiting the South African parliament about 10 years ago, I was told that Hamas are freedom fighters. Mm. So you now have the ability to look at people and say, do you really stand with and excuse me for talking this way, of people who come in and rape innocent women, who butcher innocent babies, who take senior citizens as hostages. And I believe it's a moment where we can stand up really strongly and say, we're not discussing the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. We're not talking about right and left. We're not talking about peace agreements. What side of history are you on? Are you on the side of general good or on the side of absolute evil? And there's this line that can be drawn. And, and, and everyone in South Africa, I really feel this is a moment to stand up and hear, have your voice heard. You know, in the past, I'm sure it was very difficult. It's, it's nuanced. It's complex. Uh, it's difficult, the plight of the Palestinians, etc. But now Jews can stand up and say, 
This is the enemy that we're talking about. Are you with us or are you against us? We'll talk about the conflict another mm-hmm. time. We'll talk about peace agreements another time. And I hope that people feel that confidence and strength to stand up and make that point because this is a moment in history where we can really do so because it's been so clear in front of cameras and all over social media what we are talking about. So, so that's, uh, I mean, I, I agree with you a thousand percent, but what worries me about that is if you don't see it now, if you don't see it and if you can't see it and if you can't feel sympathy right now when it is so clear, what would it take? There's nothing left. There's nothing left there for no- it to take uh, because the brutality here, they've, they've checked all of those boxes, every box of brutality and terror and, and cruelty has been checked. If you don't see it now, well, I think uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a massive problem. A hundred percent. But I think that our target has to be identified, meaning uh, let's divide the world into three categories for a moment. Mm. Let's just say for the sake for the sake of this discussion, 20 percent between Jews and Christians, et cetera, who love Israel, support Israel. Um, there's a 20 percent who it's very clear. We will never, ever be able to bring them to our side. It's outright anti-Semitism. There's nothing to talk about. But there is a very large 60 percent there who are kind of on the fence, they feel for the Palestinians, they should continue feeling for the Palestinians. Absolutely, we do. Two, I do. Right. There are two million people in Gaza who literally are trying to now go to the south, and Hamas is taking away their car keys and blocking the roads. And, and 500 people who were killed last night in a hospital from an Islamic Jihad rocket. We, we do feel for those people. This is not about that. The 60% who don't know, who are unclear, they can be won over to at least be sympathetic to Israel, to understand what Israel is dealing with. And that's where you have to focus. You know, when I'm on social media, my posts uh, get bombarded from these Palestinian groups. I All I just do is block user, delete, block user, delete, block user, delete. There's no conversation to no, have. You're right. But if someone's you're willing right. to have, but if someone's willing to have a conversation, Let's be proud and confident to engage in those conversations because that's, this is the moment for those people to understand what we're dealing with. And uh, that is where we leave it. Rabbi Dovlipman, thank you, as always, for chatting to us, for bringing us some perspective.